Hello and welcome to the Dream Permit Podcast, a podcast dedicated to empowering moms to live up to their full potential without viewing motherhood as a hindrance. And I'm your host, Emma. I'm so glad you're here. How to deal with fear while chasing your dreams. So to tackle this topic today is our guest speaker, Daya Samuel. Daya Samuel is a born teacher, trainer, and industrial designer turned behavioral change professional, fondly called the grandfather of podcasting in Nigeria. Daya is the multiple award-winning host of the popular business and marketing podcast, Audacity to Lead and the host of the Break of the Break the Frame coaching podcast. Dyer is the creator and leading authority on the fear resolve process, which helps busy professionals clear the emotional blocks that are keeping them stuck or feeling overwhelmed. He developed this process so that motivated people can conquer anxiety and build personal power to face challenges with unstoppable confidence. And over to you, Mr. Dyer Samuel. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me as well. You're welcome. So today I wanted us to kind of like dissect the topic, um, you know, how to deal with fear while you're chasing, you know, your dreams as moms. And I know you're the perfect person to dissect this topic because of your um, fear resolve process. So how 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 can you help us as moms? Thank you for having me again. And um, to help, I think one of the first things I would like to mention is every single person on the face of the head has fears. I mean, every one of us has fears, whether we are old or young, whether we are male or female. But interestingly, every female you find around you has some fears. It could either be financial fears, it could be fears regarding their wealth or their health. It could even be fears in the area of their relationships. Some, it could even be fear in the area of their religious or spiritual life. So practically everybody has fears. And those will be the four things we'll be talking about today as we talk about handling fear while chasing your dreams. Mm, okay. Um, so I, in particular, I wanted to know about, you know, like this podcast is geared towards moms chasing their dreams. Um, so what do, how do moms even know, like, you know, do I even have a purpose? What's my purpose? Where do I even start from? I have an idea. I don't even know how to start, you know? Some people are like, I have this great idea, you know, to help the world, change the world. I don't even know how to start with my new identity as a mom. I feel like my priorities are all mixed up. And then you have the people that, oh, I don't even want something too big. I just want, my purpose is very, you know, like, it doesn't have to be on the stage, right? It's just maybe I have a good listening ear to kind of support people emotionally, good listening ear to advise them, you know keep their secrets for them and things like that. How do people even start to dissect this whole, how, I don't even know my purpose, how do I even go about this? I'm so scared 
Can I even do anything? I think the answer to that question, which may not be black and white, the answer would be that before now, you have always lived in purpose. After now, you will continue to live in purpose. And the reason why I say that is because there's a myth that we are sold, which actually creates the fear that most people have when we talk about purpose, that purpose is one grand thing that you have to have for you to be able to do whatever matters to you. Interestingly, as someone who is a professional, I have found that purpose is something we already have. We just may not know it. So some people will say that they should discover purpose. Interestingly, you may not really need to discover purpose because you have always lived out your purpose. And here's how to understand what I'm saying right now. Every single time you want to take an action, there's a question you ask yourself. I call it unwritten rules that are guiding your life. You always have questions that you ask yourself. Questions like, if I do this thing, what will happen? If I do this, who will be happy? What am I going to be doing today? Who am I going to be a blessing to today? What am I supposed to get from this? There's always a question you are asking yourself every time. Now, those questions are pointers to your purpose. They are not the questions of what is my purpose? How do I find out my purpose? All those ones are just us trying to move away from our inside to go back outside. So if you check, you'll find that before we started this podcast or before we, you even decided to listen to this podcast, you had the question as, okay, how can I, you will probably ask yourself a certain question. I may not just be expressly correct with the particular words you used, but somehow the podcast got your interest and here you are, you are listening to it simply because the question you asked, the podcast might give an answer to it. So we're always asking ourselves questions. That intense motive basically is what makes up our purpose. And when it comes to talking about purpose, Sometimes it actually amazes me when I see that people are saying that you should discover your purpose. There is no purpose or there is no something without purpose and all that. Now, that may create depression for the person who doesn't understand that. You have always lived out your purpose. So the person may become depressed, sad, and say, ah, this. So the question of purpose comes down to this. How are you living out your questions, your unwritten questions, the questions you are actually answering? So some of the questions may fall in five categories, actually. There's a question of certainty. This question comes when you want to answer the question of being assured that something will happen, being certain that things will go the way you plan it. Two, there's the question of variety. And when we talk about the question of variety, I'm talking about you trying to avoid the boredom, trying to enjoy your life as much as possible while doing the things that really matter to you. Mm. Third, is the question of connection, when you feel like you will need to be connected to people. Some people call it love. Fourth is the question of significance. Who or how much attention, how visible you are, or how much power do you wield, how much influence do you have? That's another question people ask themselves. And then the last question, which is number five, will be the question of growth. How am I growing? How am I being able to transcend myself how am i able to reproduce another person who carries the same light the same understanding the same illumination and fire that i carry so if you check the questions you've been asking you'll find that this they have always been tied to these five different areas 
So the question of purpose is not something that you are looking for. You've always had purpose with you. You just may not be aware that you already have it. So that's how I usually look at it. Because the truth is, every purpose that exists is to meet only one thing, to glorify God. So mm. in whatever way you express the purpose, as long as it is glorifying God, which is the ultimate purpose, I think you are actually doing what you need to be doing. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Hmm, okay. So now that we've covered um, purpose, what about the, you know, where how people say, hey, oh, I want to do that. Okay, so now I've found what I want to do, but I'm scared, like, ah, what would people say? Because I feel like if you have to follow your purpose, you have to put yourself out there. The, now, the, the magnitude of out there might be different depending on the kind of purpose you're um trying to pursue like what your purpose is but that fear of ah what would people say that oh so you you know like so you think you can do this or so who do you think you are like even if they don't say it verbally you feel like they're saying it in their heads like eh so you see you want to join them or something like that <laughs> you know or how do you deal with that okay yeah we need we need to actually get clear on what fear is, and I have done a lot of justice to that um, used through my book, The Limitless Courage and Confidence, which is actually coming out shortly. Oh, okay. I think by the time this podcast will be published, you might have been out already. Oh, awesome. <laughs> uh, will it be on Amazon? Yes, it's going to be on Amazon. It's going to be on Barnes and Nobles. It's going okay. to be on Kobo. Oh, it's going nice. to practice okay. everywhere. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so I think so, I'll put everything in the show notes, all the links. Amazing. So here's the question of um, the kind of fears you face when you're trying to chase your dreams, right? That's yes. the question you asked. Yes, correct. Now, we need to understand that fear itself is something that's necessary for our day-to-day life. We always need fear to survive. We need fear to believe. If you don't have fears, your life will be very boring. Hmm. But the interesting thing is that fear itself does not show up as fear most times. It shows up in different forms, some of which could be anxiety, some of which could be timidity, it could be low self-confidence, it could be doubt, it could be indecision. Sometimes it could even be superstition. Sometimes it could be withdrawal. Sometimes it could be procrastination, loneliness, over-aggression, worry inferiority complex, cowardice, hesitation. Sometimes it could even be a beast, a feast of rage. It could be like you are very angry. It could be suspicion. It could be depression. It could even be social shyness, what people call I am shy. Fear shows up in different ways, and here's where it gets interesting. Typically in our lives, we have learned to fear in one way or the other. So it could be in any of these forms that I've just shared right here. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, what makes us to not want to chase our dream is the way we have learned how to fear. So if you have learned if you have learned and mastered the act of fearing, for you to chase your dreams, you would be transferring all of that learning into your future. So now it begins to make you to want to withdraw from doing the things that really matter to you. It makes you to want to turn back when you need to make decisions. In fact, for entrepreneurs, they begin to call it a risk. They begin to get <laughs> risk. Involved. <laughs> for people within um, corporate world, they begin to they begin to see it as 
um, workplace fear, workplace anxiety. They begin to label it with different names. But the thing is, you have learned how to fear in a particular way over the years. Mm. So now saying that you want to move forward, you need to understand back, going back to how you actually learned to fear. Once you can understand how you learned to fear that particular way you are fearing right now, then it becomes easier for you to actually deal with it faster. So I have a three-part template that I usually teach, which I teach through the fear research process and through all of the materials that come out from our company. So the three-part process is number one, feel the past. Number two, own the present. And number three, accept the future. Typically, a lot of people say, for example, if I ask you right now, what is the opposite of fear? What would you answer me? Braveness, <laughs> I think, or uh, be brave. Okay, what does it mean to what does it mean for someone to be brave? Mm, you know, it's, it's this is actually so hard. Like being brave, not being afraid, being able to like feel the fear and you know go ahead with what you want to do. I feel like, yeah, that's being brave. Being able to feel that emotion. That, um, I don't want to use the word fear because, I mean, we're talking about fear, but feel the emotion <laughs> and then still charge it, still go. So what's the now, synonym of is, fear? That's now another question. <laughs> you, you know the interesting thing? Yeah. Because you have been taught over time this thing that may not totally be right or may not be totally true, yeah. Anytime we have fear, we try to interpret them through the lens of what we have been used to. Interestingly, the opposite of fear is not courage, it's not confidence. The opposite of fear is basically acceptance. Oh, acceptance? I was even going to say love, but wow. How do you, how do you mean acceptance? Like That's like totally off. I, I never would have thought of acceptance. I was going to say love, like fear, love conquers all, but like can you explain more on acceptance? Sure, I can. So if you remember earlier on, I said that fear shows up in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. It shows up as anxiety. Anxiety basically is you thinking of what's going to happen, right? Yeah. So in the case of, your, in the case of women, yeah. let's say you are yet to be married, you begin to think, what if I don't get married and I'm, clo- I'm close to a particular age? Yeah. To think about... Um, what if the person I'm in a relationship with, what if it decides to opt out of the relationship? What will happen to me? Three, you begin to think of what will my family members say when I don't get married or maybe when I don't become what they think I should be. Four, you begin to think about a, a couple of other things. If you are the person who actually does business, you begin to think, okay, what? You begin to have fears regarding money. Because you think, what if I don't make enough money if I go after my dreams? Mm, what I That's a real fear, actually. <laughs> what if I start this business and it doesn't work out the way I thought it would be? Or maybe I want somebody who's very emotional and said, what if I show him love and he throws it to my face? Mm. So the thing is, all of this will keep you from moving forward. This is where the fear is actually stopping you. But you know that the opposite that I told you just now is acceptance. Yes. It is that you will say, despite the fact, or in spite of the fact that it may turn me down, in spite of the fact that I, that I don't have all of the answers, what if I decide to embrace this emotion of fear and just 
move forward right now and mm. just try to be adventurous. So I tell people to leave out the adventure because I know fear will always be part of the journey. So you leave out the adventure by saying, okay, whatever it is that happens, I'm just going to see it as a learning. And then I usually tell people that failure is often not final. Failure is basically feedback. It tells you that what you have done did not work that way. So adjust and try again. Mm, okay, that's a good one. So, so that's the reason why I said that failure, the opposite of fear is actually not confidence is not well, if you say bravery, I thought when you were talking about bravery, you would say that the ability to move forward in spite of the fear, something like that. And that's what it means to, to accept the fear. Yeah. So from the system that I teach, I teach healing the past. Perhaps you've had some past that's filled with trauma. So perhaps you've had some past that's filled with abuse, violence. Maybe you even learned fear from your parents. Perhaps maybe, of course, I'm speaking to moms right now. Yeah. Maybe you grew up in a home where all the, the predominant emotion in that family was anxiety and fear. You basically, by reason of behavioral epigenetics, you pick up that the predominant emotion in your home, and that's what you also pass down to your children without you doing. Mm. So in that case, it is when you now deal with that past that you are able to now own the present right now, and then you accept the future by moving forward. So a lot of people are actually trapped by their past. Perhaps they've tried a business that it didn't work before. Perhaps they've tried to do something that it didn't go the way they wanted it to go. Of course, because of the questions, the five questions that I say dominate our purpose, the question yes. of certainty, want to be sure that it's going to work out. They want to be sure that they can live out their dreams. They want to be sure that they will be loved. They want to be sure that they can contribute to others. They want to be sure that they can gain all the attention they want. Do you get it now? Yes. So, it now comes intertwined such that if you are trying to overcome fear of kickstarting, the best thing to do right now is to accept the fear as a necessary emotion required for the journey. As I said in my book, you can never get rid of fear. You can only use fear as fuel for success. Mm, that's very powerful. Of, <laughs> Go ahead. So, instead of trying to finalize or trying to deal with fear. What if you can actually use that fear as a tool to propel yourself to move forward and achieve the dreams you really want to accomplish? Mm. Okay. So if we're going to use like a case study, because I love case studies, right? I feel like with case studies, you get to understand the concept deeper. Um, or rather you have like a deeper understanding of the concept. So let's use, you mentioned like fear manifests in different ways. Fear manifests as depression and, um, indecision, right? So let's take these two, um, emotions, right? Because like, you know, as moms, I don't know if it's the hormones, but we are prone to, we make a lot of decisions, right? Or what will your, what will your child eat? What school will your child go to? When are you going to wake up? When are you going to do this? And sometimes we struggle with indecision or some, you know, and then um, depression. Of course, not everybody goes through it, but it's a real um, serious um, topic to be discussed. How do, how do you, use this your three-step process to kind of heal from this um like indecision and depression 
Or maybe we should just focus on indecision. Or can you do depression? Because I feel like depression is a little bit deep. Like you have to like thread oh. softly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Actually, depression. I, I I don't want to say almost everybody, but at least from research, from at least I had a class where I had eighteen people take a particular assessment. And from the report, it showed that almost everybody had some stint of depression. Oh, my God. So depression <laughs> is not really a negative thing, so to say. Okay. Depression is in levels. There are people that are very loud on social media today. They come on social media every time, and you see them smiling, dancing, doing all kind of fantastic things. But deep inside, something is talking in their hearts that they can't share online. That's some sense of depression. That's some form of depression. Though they are yet to say they want to go and commit suicide or they are yet to attempt suicide, they are depressed, but they are not talking about it. So depression is really not when somebody tries to commit suicide or somebody tries to do something out of this world. Do you get me now? So Mm. practically there is depression at some form almost every time. And of course, as I said earlier on, that fear usually is at the root of depression. You are either fearful of something or you are trying to run away from something. That's what usually creates depression. And you are trying to um, mask it away. You are trying to distract yourself from the real problem. At that point, anytime anybody tries to touch, um, anytime anybody tries to touch the main problem, it triggers the bout of depression. So we need to understand that depression is not something that is actually a big cause. But for the example you said I should use the indecision for somebody yes. not to want to move forward. Now, using the three-step process that I teach, which is still the past, own the present, and accept the future. Now, there's something I call the fear behavior sequence, which starts with an original scenario. Second is a script. Third is a story. Then fourth is a state. And then five is a behavior. In this case, let's look at indecision as that behavior right yes so there must have been a first time you experienced indecision yourself it could be that you needed to do something and then you just said let me leave it till another time now anytime you say anything like that like we usually say you cannot not learn your brain is always learning so anytime you say something like that you push something till a later time your brain learns to do it so anytime you want to anytime you want to now take action, your brain will suggest to you, why not push it till another time? Mm. That's because your brain is a powerful learning machine. In fact, your brain learns to breathe, learns to pump blood without your attention. So right now you don't have to consciously pump blood into your body. Your brain does that for you because your brain is a powerful learning machine. Now once you can understand that there was once a scenario where the original incident took place, then yeah. next we should ask the question, out of that incident, what did your brain learn and what are you personally holding on to? So it could be that maybe you once started a business and then the business failed. You attempted a relationship and the relationship crashed. What is the script you are holding on to from that scenario? You get it now? Yes, I do. I do, yeah. So, are you holding on to the script that all men are wicked? Are you holding on to the script that all is not all business that are meant for me? Or you are holding on to the script that it's not everybody that has to make money? Mm. 
it could practically be anything. Well, even, you understand now? Yeah, or even for moms, you're holding on to the script that I'm a mom, so therefore this is not for me. Let me just forget about it. Now you get what ex- what I'm saying exactly. Yeah. So thought, the script begins to produce a story because like a movie, every movie is formed from the script, right? Mm-hmm. So the script begins to determine the story you tell yourself. So anytime you see something similar to that, in cooperation with your brain, your brain will start telling you, it's dangerous to do it. Remember, you once tried it, it didn't work. So that internal story begins to replay every time. And so you find yourself not taking action, not doing anything about it. And interestingly, procrastination and decision are brothers. <laughs> and the two of them are just basically born oh. of fear. Yeah. Yes, the father. Procrastination. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the interesting thing? Yeah. Once that story kicks into place, it produces a state of mind. That state of mind is what produces the behavior of not actually taking action. So the not taking action is not the problem. What we should look at, most times, actually this is why I usually don't do motivational talk, because motivational talk tries to get you to do what you need to do. Elsewhere, inside your mind, your mind is shouting, it's going to kill you. You are going to... It's and not going to work. Talk, it's yeah. not going to work. And your mind keeps telling you that. Now, your mind has held on to this story, has held on to this script. Your mind knows the original scenario that happened. And it's telling you that based on what happened the first time, this is likely to happen again. Mm. So it produces the state where to even take action begins to become a problem. So the behavior that you now exhibit will now be indecision and procrastination. But of course, unless you get to deal with the roots. Like um, Rumi, the poet Rumi says that don't treat a problem from its foot. Deal with the root. And interestingly, I say it this way, that if we deal with the inner problem, the outer suspected problem, will take care of itself. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. This is all so interesting and powerful. So my next question is... I get all of this. I get like the root cause. You have to deal with this. You have to deal with that. But my next question is how do you even deal with it? So like, let's do a DI. Do you have, let me ask you, do you have a program or some form of coaching that addresses this? Cause I wanted to see if we could give the listeners some kind of DIY. So let's say there's a mom listening to me right now that is struggling with this indecision that we've spoken about. And she's like a chronic, you know, in this procrastinator procrastinator right like every single thing is a big decision even if it's just to i'm thinking of something maybe what should i cook today or you know it's just like she just makes it that big deal or somebody that procrastinates a lot or somebody that you know is depressed or timid or all the things you mentioned like how can we give them a diy step-by-step get yourself out of that out of you know like out of that fear or out of that like you said you can't get yourself out of the fear but diy step-by-step handle it and redefine yourself kind of amazing so one quick way that you can actually do that will be through my book right now my book is practically the only diy product available right now Okay. And you can get that from the link in the in the, um, that um, is with this um, podcast, right? Yes, yes. I'm going to be putting the so, link. So, but then, the 
to walk you through some steps that you can actually do. So first one is, once you understand the sequence I just explained now, the next thing you will need to do will be to understand why do you actually get afraid or why do you actually not take action? What is feeding that indecision? To understand that, we also need to be able to help you create new responses to the same sequence that I explained earlier on the scenario, the script, the story, the state, so that you can actually begin to change your own behavior by yourself. Interestingly, that happens to be something I teach in depth in the fair resolve process okay. and um, some other programs that I have. But right now, fair resolve process is the one that is public because some others are um, kind of private. So let me For let me add this point. People, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> but but just but just to explain, sometimes the reason why people get into a state of fear or a state of indecision, sometimes it could have been triggered by anything, or it could even be the language you are using to tell yourself what is happening. So let's say your child just paused something. Let's say you've been working on a project. And you have not saved the file. And then your child comes to the laptop, shuts down the laptop, and the laptop did not back up the file. So all the work you've you've done for the last 18 hours, your child just removed it. Now, the first thing we need to find out is, what do you say to yourself whenever that happens? Mm. Because if you told yourself that, ah, I'm such a failure, Instantly, the moment you tell yourself that, your brain picks that up and it produces chemicals of failure in your body such that you begin to feel, actually, there are no chemicals of failure. I'm just saying that chemicals of failure. Yeah, I, I get the picture you're trying to paint. <laughs> so your brain produces that in your body. It makes you feel like a failure. So sometimes it could be as simple as the language you are using to express what's happening to yourself. Mm. It could also be as simple as the kind of environment you create for yourself. So for... Um, like we said, um, I'm trying to say it in a, in a different way right now. One of the ways that you can actually get yourself to always take action, mm-hmm. one of the methods I actually teach in my book is music. For example, if you want to feel sorrowful, there are certain songs that you will listen to and you'll be feeling sorrowful. Am I right? Yes, actually, yes. You're very right. <laughs> If you, want to, if you want to feel spiritual and righteous, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there are songs that you listen to as well. So sometimes songs are mood shifters. We just not may not be aware. We just may not be aware that songs are mood shifters. Interestingly, a research actually proves that if you are somebody who likes music a lot, particularly if you produce music in any form, you have the ability to shift your mood if only you can put to practice the fact that you already have that ability. So sometimes people don't even know the capacity they have for them to be able to do the things, marvelous things in their own body that will practically change their own lives. So that's why I said that the book is the only product that is at the forefront of um, a DIY process that somebody can actually pick up and use. So others will need to be like, okay, do this, do this, do this. And of course, I have a course coming up, but of course, that will be reserved till when I have it all figured out. Interesting. Wow. I find it interesting also that you said um, music. And the reason is, <laughs> the reason it's because like, 
personally, right, I've been using this for a very long time. Like, I just notice when I'm in a bad mood, I just listen to like hippie, hippie music that kind of, you know, elevate my spirit. And when I want to feel like, oh, all holy, I, you know, switch to my gospel uh, music. And when I want to feel all lovey-dovey, you know, I switched to my romance music during Valentine's Day period. You know, like different things. Valentine's Day period. No, not only, but you get my point, right? Like when I want to like, oh, my husband, you know, I switch to that. And it's so, it's actually... I just do it randomly, but having this conversation with you makes me realize that this is actually a powerful tool. And yes, I've been using it before. I feel like I'll be more conscious now, even as I do it and probably do it more often. So I just want to thank you for that, um, for that information. So um, going forward, I think I will be um, wrapping up with, um, I know you've covered it already, but I just wanted to kind of see your detailed step by step on how this um, woman should have, you know, this mom or this, you know, should handle this situation. So um, she has an idea or a purpose or a dream that she's trying to chase. Right. And she's at that, you know, stage where she's like, if I do this. And it works. I think that's probably like fear of success. But let's step, I'll keep going with the scenario. If I do this and it works and it becomes successful, now I will have to relocate. Because if it becomes successful and I need to be traveling around, traveling around the world or traveling around, you know, states or something like that. Now, how do I manage my kids? Like, where do I put them? What about childcare? Huh. What about my husband? Like, let's, let's be real. Like, people are like, babes are not smiling. So if you like, <coughs> if you are traveling up and down, somebody else, because your husband is good, that's why you married him. And you're not, only, you're not the only one that has eyes that saw a good thing. Do you get my point? Like, so <laughs> it's true now. So you're like, ah, what would now happen when I'm now traveling around the world? Yeah, maybe I have to speak in China or I have to speak in Abuja or, you know. How do I even manage that? Or if I, or will my family relocate with me? You know, like if I have to move somewhere or if I even, let's even remove business, right? Let's say I have a career and I got promoted to a big role. Am I going to relocate my family? What about I need to change my kid's school? How are they going to cope in the new school? And even if my husband has his own career that is like, has like a solid career and he's like, babe, I have my own thing going on here. You, some husbands will be like, you go and focus on yours. And then I'll be here holding the home front. And some other husbands will be like, ah, you have to know where you stand, though. Like, you cannot be flying up and down. Just mellow down, you get? So, I mean, these are realities and possibilities that people, different kind, different people face in their lives. And the other yep. one is even the fear of, I would say fear of um failure, which I feel like we've covered, which is, what if I even go at this? And people are like, Shabby, I told you, I told you so you don't listen like you know or are you that shame you know when you be ashamed like ah so i so if i go for this and it doesn't work which was pretty much i think you touched upon it you touched on it which was like um if i go up for it and then it doesn't work and then tomorrow i say i want to start another project people will be like kilo day yeah just jumping up and down or ah you know that whole fear of if it works now my life is going to change and if it doesn't work that shame how do you manage both? Okay, thank you for this very important question because even though a lot of people may not talk, 
this is something that talks in their hearts and they may just be quiet about it. So I'm glad that you actually mentioned this and that somebody actually asked. So um, let me, first of all, I highlight something. Now I'm going to put on the cap of a family life professional here, not okay. just a neuroscientist, not just a behavioral change professional, but I'm also going to put on the hat of a family life professional here as well. So there are two marriages that actually exist. And I think I mentioned this to you the other time. Yes. The first and most important lifelong marriage is the one you have with yourself. The second, which is like it, is the one you have with the person you have chosen to spend the rest of your life with. Mm. Before you got married to this second option, you have always been in a marriage with yourself. Now that you have this person, it shouldn't stop your marriage to yourself. And I need to help you as a mom right now understand this. There's difference between being a woman and being a mom and being a wife. Woman is primarily who you are. Woman is a person that God created. Wife is a role you play in the life of your husband. Mom is the role you play in the life of your kids. If you lose your womanhood, your wifehood may not be able to function properly, and your motherhood may not be able to function properly. So if your wife, if your womanhood is a person who wants to go out and execute on dreams and desires, if you don't do that, your wife being your being a wife will begin to suffer, your being a mom will begin to suffer. In my own marriage, prior to me getting married, I tell my wife every time, my now wife anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I tell her every time that the two most important person in this entire thing is not our family. The two most important thing is you and I. And I tell her that the most important person in your life is you. The most important person in my life is me. No other person is as important as I'm not the most important in your life. I am not, you are not the most important in my life. We are two individuals coming together. So once you understand that you have your identity as a woman first, that has to be intact because it's that identity as a woman that you deploy in your business. It is that identity as a woman that you deploy in whatever it is you are engaged in. Do you understand me now? So being a wife is you deciding to take up a role. Being a mother is you deciding to take up a role. And roles are identity Roles and identity are not the same thing. I know oftentimes we confuse them, but they are practically not the same thing. So you need to understand that that you have a marriage to yourself. That's a lifelong marriage. The second marriage that is like it is like the marriage is the marriage to the person you have chosen to spend the rest of your life with. So we need to be clear on that first. Once you can understand this, it makes it easier for you to say, okay, you are not deciding because you want to leave your husband. You are not deciding because you want to leave your kids to cater for themselves. But you need to also get your husband's agreement. You need to get your wife, your kids' agreement as well. So in this case, it's as simple as calling a family meeting and then saying that, okay, this is what I intend to do. This is where it may lead to. Once you have their backing, I think it's proper for you to actually get started on it. And here's where it gets interesting. Your own success is the success of the family. Wow. Your failure is 
also the failure of the family. But if you have their support, the failure will be easier to overcome than if you have to go it alone. That point, if you go it alone and then you fail, that's when guilt and shame begins to come back. <laughs> that's where all your... <laughs> <laughs> so if you carry your husband <laughs> and your kids along, even if you don't succeed, it will become like a video that I watched where the son was trying to invent the next big item. And after he has done a lot of testing, a lot of testing, he came to his parents to come and show them that this thing is not working. And the moment he wanted to try it, the thing just exploded in his face. Yay! <laughs> and immediately... His face just went from excited to depressed. The same thing I mentioned earlier on, the sequence that we keep running, even when we are not aware. Immediately that happens, his brain began to tell him, if I told you, it might not work. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what happened? The mom and the dad looked at him and said, yeah, it worked. Wow. And he was like, huh? I'm trying blind? to say something. <laughs> Interestingly, the two of them were seeing, the mom and the dad, they were seeing it as, okay, oh, he wanted to make something to explode. Oh. So even what he was seen as failure was success to his parents because it means that he triggered it and the thing fired off. Wow. But because he had their support, they didn't see it as a failure. He had to explain to them, they had to say, keep going on, son, keep moving forward, keep moving forward. So that's exactly what I'm trying to explain here. So instead of eating yourself, killing yourself over things, like I said earlier on, clarity comes with action. Clarity doesn't come when you sit down in your own house trying to figure everything out on your own. Clarity comes with action. As I said earlier on, the question of purpose is, the purpose is to help people. Every single day, new questions will be coming up to support that purpose. So the fact is that you already have a purpose. The fact that you are even listening to this podcast is a signal that you already have a purpose. You don't have to be able to describe it. It's not, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so you don't have to have exact words to use to describe it. It doesn't matter. The most important part is you taking action step by step. It's like this. If I speak to you that how did you learn to talk, you may not even be able to remember how you learned to talk again. Yes. But because... <laughs> <laughs> but because I am a, I don't want to say science student. <laughs> <laughs> but because I have a background in neurosciences and yeah. neuropsychology, I can understand that the first two years of a child's life, the child begins to learn to speak by first looking at what is being said. Our mouth is being shaped and then producing sounds. The child begins to test his or her vocal cords. And the child begins to test its vocal cord. The child begins to say, ho, ha, eh. Then the child learns that, okay, if I put ah, ah together, it will call the attention of my father. Or if I say, ah, it will call the attention of my mom. If I cry, somebody will pay attention to me. That's how a child learns to talk. So if you, as an adult, you have now disconnected with your childhood, you disconnected completely. Now, for you to learn to do things gradually in your business is now a problem. You want to have everything. <laughs> you want yeah. to have everything laid out before you start. That, in fact, some people use the excuse of a business plan as a reason why they shouldn't start out yet. 
Interestingly, now I'm switching to my role as a consultant now. The most important thing to do if you're a business person, yeah. I think the most important thing to do instead of trying to have a logo, have a website, the first important element of a business are the customers that are able to pay you for the idea that you have. So anytime I'm working with people who have financial fears or maybe people who have um, business issues, especially when I switch to my role as a consultant. Interestingly, I'm able to switch between them because I'm first a man, before I'm a consultant, before I'm any coach or a therapist. <laughs> I'm first a man first. So understanding that, it helps me to switch into all of those roles. If you even remember, I said I was going to take on the heart of a family life professional, yes, right? Yes, yes. Uh -huh. So I'm able, I'm able to know when to switch like that. So it's when you know where you're coming from. So anytime I'm working with people to work on their business like that, one of the things I get them to do is go out and get your first client. Then we know that we have proof of um, validation. We have validation of idea. That is, this idea can sell. I typically say that if one, two, three people can pay you for the idea you have, it means that there are 10,000 other people can pay you for the idea you have. So instead of cleaning yourself, trying to design logo, trying to design website, trying to come up with this, instead go out, get the first set of people to pay you, then okay, fine. Now let me now package it <laughs> so that I can serve more people. So I hope that answers the question. Oh, perfectly, perfectly, perfectly. Answers it very well. Thank you so much. Beautiful end to the episode. So much. Uh, we're honored to have you on the show today. And you've provided tons and tons of insights and information. And we hope to Thank have you. you soon. We hope to have you back soon. Sure. Because you're, you have like a world of experience. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me as well. Okay. And is there any, how can people, if people wanted to follow you, how can they reach out to you? Reaching out to me is as simple as, primarily you can reach out to me through email, dio at elasticitylead.com. But if you are the social media type, you can reach out to me everywhere on all social media at I am Dio Samuel. All right. Thank you. And that ends today's episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found it very useful. If you did, I would definitely like to hear from you. You can send me a message at emma at dreampermit.com. That is E-M-M-A at dreampermit.com. Or join the conversation on our Facebook page and Instagram page. Don't worry. All the details are on our website at www.dreampermit.com. If you know a fellow mom who will benefit from this episode, please feel free to share. And until next time, stay fabulously gorgeous. And remember, you can achieve anything you set your mind to. Motherhood is not a limitation. It's an advantage. Thank you and see you soon.